0: the accidental entrepreneur is produced by Hacker law and brought to you through our affiliate relationships with the following sponsors one of one productions the new jersey based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts they sell equipment for the average podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners north authentic the conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world The Healthy Place, the e-commerce site with thousands of supplements to help you live a healthier life, along with natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services.
1: What I find, and I'm just going to use attorneys just because you're an attorney, yeah. And and I don't I am not saying this across the board. So no, any attorney This is going to be a
0: hundred percent true. And you haven't even said it yet. So go ahead. I,
1: okay. <laughs> so what I find and attorneys, small business, they say, okay, let me sell the will and then I'll prove myself. And then I could cross-sell later. And the ridiculousness right. of that is if you package it most yeah. times, you can Correct. do it at a lower price point for the person, the client. Right um because you're packaging it and a lot of it is boilerplate copy and paste it it just it's an easy thing to sell a package right. we leave and that's what the biggest thing I see especially with the introverts attorneys bankers They leave money on the table because I don't want to offer too much. They're going to think I'm being pushy where the reverse is happening by you creating a package. You can actually do a better service for that client.
0: The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge, and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode.
1: Connie Whitman. I'm the CEO of Changing the Sales Game, and my mission is to change that word sales from icky, sleazy, and manipulation to coming from a place of love, care, and respect.
0: Okay, so welcome back to another episode of the Accidental Entrepreneur Podcast. If you are listening on any of your directories, be sure to leave us a review so we can connect with people and continue to share good information just like we're doing with our special guest today, um, Connie Whitman from Changing the Sales Game. And if you're watching us, because the video is available on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button and the like button to keep that content uh, flowing out there. So, Connie, thanks for joining me. Um, I'm up in North Jersey, even though the weather's kind of holding on, and you are in beautiful Long Beach Island, which you and I spoke about because I love Long Beach Island. grew up going to Beach Haven and everything. So where, where on the island are you? We're actually
1: right before the island. We're on the bay side. So I have nice. like in my backyard here, in my backyard, we have a lagoon and a our boat? neighbors. We do not have a boat. It's that's oh, a money. Pit well, for probably less,
0: I know <laughs> they say the best two days of getting a boat is the day you get in the day you get rid of it. Right.
1: But we're blessed. All of my neighbors have boats. So we go for the sunset cruises and they're very, yeah. very generous. Well, that's better us. than a boat. A neighbor with a yeah. boat. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I, th- I thank you putting the time aside because I know we're coming into the holiday weekend. Um, and maybe we can start with like, you know, where you grew up, what your background is, your training, because we're gonna talk a lot about today about sales yes. and the things that people are uncomfortable about as business owners and they don't recognize that they're selling anyway, whether they like it or not. So exactly. let's go backwards and start from the beginning.
1: So I actually grew up in Newark here in New Jersey. Okay. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're a peer. So during the 60s, there were a lot of riots going on. And we, my mom and dad, we relocated to Homedale, New Jersey, Garden State okay. Arts Center for anybody yeah. of New Jersey, uh, Jersey
0: folks. That, uh, that shows our age because we call it the Garden State Arts Center. It's actually the PNC Arts Center now, right? That
1: is correct. we going yes. to Garden
0: State Arts Center. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I remember when the tickets were $2.50. I so know. Or you get big.
0: lawn seats for no money. <laughs> Yeah. But, but if anybody's listening, great place to see a concert.
1: It is. It's an out, yeah. out outside theater. It's fabulous. The so yeah. yeah. So I grew up in there and then um, when I got married, um, we needed, you know, Jersey prices are quite expensive. So we knew we needed my income. I would have to be a working mom after we had kids. So we, I said to my husband, we have to live in Homedale because my mom and dad will help babysit. They were retiring kind got of it. It, the timing was good. So we also lived in, in Homedell. So I lived in Homedell most of my life. So Central Jersey. So I'm a Jersey okay. girl. I don't pump yep. gas, right?
0: Homedell's yep. Monmouth County, right?
1: Yes, Monmouth County. That is correct. Yep. Okay. So that's that's kind of where I still reside. And then um, that. what's the next question? So that's where I grew up.
0: Yeah. So what's your background? What's so, the training that you've gotten? How did you get to where you're going? Let's go yeah. That. So That'll have- take us a good portion of the podcast stuff.
1: Yeah. And and it's actually an interesting story. And I hope people can relate because we do think of sales, right? Of that icky sleazy kind of vibe. And yeah, it makes people
0: uncomfortable, right? It
1: does. And it, yeah. it's for me, it's always been the opposite. So after I graduated from college, I got a, a job at a credit uh, union here again in New Jersey. And I was responsible for leasing the cars. It was a, a car uh, credit union
0: or a credit okay. company. But you, were you were on the sales side, business development?
1: No, no, I was an admin. I was. You
0: were doing all the paperwork and the whole yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: Like, what yeah. did I know? I was a kid. Yeah. So, so I learned I, a
0: lot about leasing.
1: You, uh, crazy. Well, back a in the '80s, yeah. leasing was a fabulous choice right. for business owners.
0: Yeah, it was they very. Could write new off in the, the payment, right? Yeah. So.
1: I kept getting these deals in from the different dealerships, um, the salesmen, and they were in retail and they should have been in lease because they didn't understand what a lease was because it was so new. So I would jump on the phone and say, hey, listen, I really think you're doing a disservice. Call your client, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, we don't know how to do the calculation. Oh, we don't know what we're doing. So I would sit with them and I would just teach them how to do the calculation, how to position it for the business owner. And some cool things started happening. My the leases from zero, we were getting probably a few hundred a month of yeah. leases just from yeah. this little bit of education I was doing. Right.
0: Well, people realize it's a good option.
1: It's it was a fabulous option. The other cool thing is because you know they I became friends with the these dealers at yeah. you know, the dealership. So they would call me and they'd say, You never believe it. I got a referral from Mitch's colleague, who's also a business owner. They want to lease a right. car. So the the car dealership made money, the salesman made money, and the the business owners just more were were making were killing it, right? Because they were able to write off the whole payment.
0: Yeah, my so, dad's been in sales, self employed for his whole life, and I think late seventies, early eighties was the first time I remember him actually leasing a car. Like we didn't know what that was at the yep. time. It's like renting a car from another company, and it, yeah.
1: And, and if you bought retail, you couldn't write off anything,
0: right? So you, so you got to depreciate was, it was, it was on the interest, right? Exactly.
1: Yep. So fast forward, I do this for a few months. Leasing division blows up every, you know, they would call me. I have this client coming in. Can you do the calculation? So I was, I felt like I was a teacher. And this was
0: at one dealership?
1: This was, oh, no, there was, I don't know, maybe a hundred dealerships that I was oh, working wow. with. I mean, oh, it was a okay. lot. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot. We were the credit credit company for Got all it. of these okay. dealerships in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. So um, they opened a position at, the, at my company for sales. So all these dealers are calling me saying, you're going to apply, right? I go, why would I apply for sales? I don't do sales. I don't know anything about sales.
0: But and meanwhile, like, that's what you've been doing the whole time.
1: Bitch, I had no clue. For me, I was teaching. I was providing a, a really good solution that everybody won from. I call it my trifecta, the win, win, win. Um, right. And so I went. So this is where the story gets interesting. I went to my boss and I said, "Hey, listen, you see what I've done with the leases? The dealers are telling me I should be in sales. I think I could do this." And he said to me, "You're a female. They'll never let me promote you." You're and he, he, no, I swear to God, this is eighties, guys.
0: It's, okay, but it wasn't the forties. Although well, the '80s is what thirty years, forty years ago now, so
1: yeah, so right, it's guess, all relative. Yeah. But it was, this, yeah. this is the cool thing. The, the gentleman who ran our our division, I guess, um, our satellite office for the credit company, um, he saw in me, I guess, what I didn't see, and he said to me, "You're outgrowing this place quickly." get your resume together. You really do need to look for another job. You don't want to stay. And I was going for my MBA at night as well. Uh And he's like, you've got too much on the ball. You you really have to you know, look. So he was wonderful. He was good to me. I could go and interview. And then I got into, uh, I went and got my insurance license and my series seven license. And I did Mm -hmm. financial sales. I was going, my MBA was finance. I thought that was just a good fit. Sure. And then for the past 40 years, I've really been in financial sales. The past 21 of those 40 years, I've been in business. And so what I do is I go to companies, mostly uh, financial companies, and yeah. I teach them and how to sell. Insurance agencies
0: and warehouses and whatever. Banks right.
1: and credit unions. Got it. You're and talking stuff to like their that.
0: salespeople.
1: Correct. And then COVID hit, Mitch, and everything stopped because I did everything live. So I created, I pivoted hard and I created another whole division. And now I'm working with small businesses. So I have a digital class. I do one-on-one coaching to help them move the needle really quick. Online, so
0: they don't have to travel. They can- so it's all virtual.
1: So now yeah. I have banks across the United States and it just makes it a lot cheaper for them to hire me, but it's right. a lot less angst for me getting in a plane constantly and flying. Yeah, they don't have
0: to fly you in and yep. spend the, and then you don't have to deal with where you wake up in the morning. And
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's so cool.
0: definitely changed the life yeah. of someone like you.
1: Yeah. So that's yeah. my journey.
0: Okay, good. So um, I think that it's a good conversation to have because Look, there are people like you and like me and people that I've met over the years that, you know, sales fits them. They're comfortable with it. They understand. They don't feel like they're pushing things on people. It's just an educational thing to them. And it comes natural and you feel comfortable. And I think that, and you can disagree with me or you can give me your opinion on it, people can learn to sell comfortably. Like, you don't have to do it a way that makes you uncomfortable, right? Exactly. So I'd, I'd like your opinion on that, your experience and how you've helped people get over that, because I that was always a big thing that I felt when I got in at of law school. I come into my dad's been in the insurance and financial services business for years. He's now retired. And, you know, it, a lot of it wasn't comfortable for me. I mean, I went to law school. I was still kind of a somewhat of an introvert. I wasn't like sale. I had the same attitude about sales that everyone does. Like, why would I want to, you know, and then you come out and you realize that that's kind of what drives the world, first yeah. of all. And I you know, so I, I was finding my way to be comfortable with what I do. So maybe you can share that once you've helped people do what you've seen people And it's,
1: it's fascinating. I probably have trained, I don't know, 25, 30,000 people, you know, over yeah. think about it over that yeah. 40 Groups. years. It because, adds up quickly. Sure. Yeah. As executive. So I was coaching from even when I was in corporate. So just teaching people how to get comfortable with sales and having really dynamic co- conversations. It's really about the conversation and building the relationship, right? right. I know we all hear that, but really, really there's, there's tactics that you can put in place to really build these dynamic, viable, profitable relationships. Right. Now, this is the funny thing. So I belonged, I became friends with a gentleman out West coast. And he's like, Connie, I really would like you to join my membership. It's the introverts. They're all introverts. And I'm like, you've met me. I'm an extrovert. You sure I'm <laughs> a fit. Yeah. And he says, you're just inspiring and a lot of the business owners that are introverts are struggling with sales. I just think you'd add a real nice flavor to the group. And the yeah. funniest thing is i am becoming yeah. really good friends with all these introverts. I think because my approach is not in your face, you know, hard clothes, got to get the sale, say no three right. times. It doesn't work. I've, I've been doing no, this 40 people years. People see
0: right through you. Absolutely. Maybe 40 years ago is a little bit. I mean, look, people think of like, you know, Tin Men and Glen Gary, Glen Ross, and right. Boiler Room things. That's kind of their their impression of, of, of sales. And it's pushy that you're getting people to do things that they shouldn't be doing. Like That's you're right. conning them into, there's a difference between being a con man and being a salesperson. Amen. That's exactly yeah. right. You need confidence for both. But you but you shouldn't be getting people to do things that aren't better for them.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. And like Wolf of Wall Street, Madoff, right. De Niro's in a new movie. So we're yeah. constantly humans, right. We're constantly fed sales right. is bad. Be careful. They're going to rip right. you off. What's the con, right. How are they going to rip you off? So all of this rhetoric is constantly in our brains because yeah. of all these movies and media and everything. And the reality is they were con men. Con yeah. men are not good salespeople. I'm really no. good at sales because right. I'm honest. I'm in integrity. I, right. I don't, if you say no, Let's talk about why
0: you said no. Right. Maybe it's good to say no. Maybe it's not. But you're yeah. not a liar and a cheat. That's the difference. That's exactly. And I think right. people feel like people are going to have that perception of me if I sell them and try and convince that my friends won't talk to me. I'll be uncomfortable and and you know it's just not the case.
1: And here's the reality: you as an attorney, right? You had to go out and do business development and bring in yeah, billable yeah. hours, and you had to network and you had to get referrals and. At that sales.
0: So yeah. what I have found, the people that which, I which by the are, way we get no training for, but in yeah, I you know, I know, I know. I, it's start. like go figure it out, right? I know. Good luck.
1: Here's the thing, and and I do work with attorneys, I work with architects, I've worked with photographers, mm-hmm. um, as well as financial companies. But here's at the core, this is the reality. Every job, I don't care what your job is, you're selling, you're selling yourself. If you're in a back office somewhere, how are you going to get your boss or whoever you report to, to listen and take you seriously? it's a it's to me sales is having just really good communication skills and having that conversation but knowing how to deliver the message to whoever the person is in front of you no matter their style introvert extrovert we'll just use that word for now yeah no matter how what where they're coming from right what that frame of reference is for them you should always come from this place of how can I land my message for you, Mitch, right here, right now, so you right. understand what I'm saying. And I think right. that's the communication skills at, at the core.
0: Yeah. So, so if you deal with somebody like you told me about this group out, in, out at West that has a lot of introverts, you're dealing with an introvert or intro, introverted group, what are the kind of things that you teach them to kind of start to, is the word paradigm, shift their paradigm as to how they view what they're experiencing?
1: Yeah. And you know what the fascinating thing is? Most of them are just honest and they love what they do. They're passionate about their business. Otherwise they wouldn't have started it. Right. would They're passionate about what they do. They know they can add value. They want to share their genius. It's the, the word sales. I think itself, when they get to the sales conversation, they'll say things like, you know, think about it and let me know. Yeah. Why? If the person's right. ready to There's buy. There's no
0: action to close or anything like that's, that. That's
1: that's the introvert. They stop. Right. So all, all I do is I get between their head and we do a mindset shift. And I, we go through examples. We role play, talk it through. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's what I should be doing. It's right. like a light switch goes off. It's just shifting right. their paradigm of thinking. That's all.
0: Yeah. They don't realize that they're not asking for the business. They think they are, right? They're just beating yeah. around. Look, attorneys are just as bad. Like, you know, if that's what you think the client should do, that's what they need to do. You don't say, okay, well, think about it, get back to you. Because look, you were in financial services, right? Especially on the insurance side. Somebody leaves your office and they didn't make a purchase of the liability policy they needed, the life insurance they need. You didn't help anybody. That's right. By them leaving your office, I didn't help anybody by them walking out with three kids and no will. And she's pregnant with their fourth. If I'm not just, so you're really not doing your job by you know, not asking people to move forward or just assuming say, okay, well, in order to move forward, this is what we need to do. However you teach people, you'll teach me some of the techniques. But I think that it's not that big of a step, right? It's not that big of a leap to just remember, oh, I got to move this forward as opposed to saying, oh, I don't want to, I don't wanna, let them decide, you know, and people are terrible decision makers. That's why they're there. That's why they didn't do whatever they were supposed to do.
1: And they need you to educate them on what if they don't do it, what if they do do it, right? What's the downside? What's the upside? If right. the downside is exponentially dangerous, right, and the upside is unlimited you know, potential or whatever protection – you you, they, you have to show them both sides of the coin so they right. can make an it's again make an educated decision. It's all right. about they don't the
0: see what it is you're not communicating it properly. No,
1: the other thing that's so interesting, as you were saying, the you know mom and dad, three kids, one on the way, and immediately I thought, well, see, I would package that. Not only do they need a will. They should yeah. probably make sure they have life insurance. They should have a life insurance trust that gets funded, right? So right. the money stays within the bloodline and they should have durable power of attorneys on each other. Of course, and so, healthcare
0: directives, sure. And
1: healthcare, all of that. Of course. So, but what I find, and I'm just going to use attorneys just because you're an attorney. Yeah. And and I don't I am not saying this across the board. So no, any attorney This is going to be a
0: hundred percent true and you haven't even said it yet. So go ahead.
1: I, okay. <laughs> so what I find and attorneys, small business, they say, okay, let me sell the will and then I'll prove myself. And then I could cross-sell later. And the ridiculousness right. of that is if you package it most yeah. times, you can Correct. do it at a lower price point for the person, the client. Right. Um, because you're packaging it, and a lot of it is boilerplate, copy and paste. It it just it's an easy thing to sell a package. Right. We leave, and that's what the biggest thing I see, especially with the introverts, attorneys, bankers, they leave money on the table because oh, I don't want to offer too much; they're going to think I'm being pushy. Where the reverse is happening by you creating a package,
0: you can actually do a better service for that client. So and that's you where done I see the a job. lot. Of, you haven't see? done the job. You haven't done the full job. The guy walks out, yeah. and he doesn't die. But he gets injured and now he's unconscious and he doesn't have a living will. Yep. I can't tell you how many situations I've come into where it wasn't me, but somebody didn't do the job. Yes, And the people are left with, you know, New Jersey is not a difficult state when you pass away, but it is difficult if you don't have a will. It yes. is difficult if you haven't set things up properly. Yes. You know, I look, I'm, I'm uh, growing up in the life insurance business, I'm always like, well, how much life insurance do you have? And especially if it came from a financial advisor. That's the first thing you need to do. I could yeah. deal with it's complicated, but I could deal with not having a will. But if your spouse and your children don't have a bag of money because they needed it because you're no longer there to work and provide income, then having a will is does doesn't do much, you know.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You need the life insurance, right? Especially if the kids are Little, Um, yeah. you know, will they not have the opportunity to go to college if that's your thing or trade right. school or whatever it is that your family, you know, dynamic yeah. kind of uh, projects forward. Right. Um, The other thing, so this is what I tell my business owners too, because it's the same thing. Let me just sell this one thing. It's my master class, and it's what I'm pushing right now. I hear that's what I'm pushing. It's what I'm launching. Okay, that's great. But I say every client that sits in front of you, who are they? Do they need your signature class? So I right. just give you an example. So I have a signature class just like everybody else. It's online. It's nine weeks, right? You get me once a week in a group. I met with this woman after networking and as we were chatting, I think I met her through the introvert network, ironically. But anyways, right. we were chatting and we got to know each other and we talked a couple of times and I give I give free information, right? Because it's just how I roll. Right. I'm like, oh, try this, try that. So January, she's like, all right, I'm ready to hire you. And I said, oh, I, I didn't even know you were thinking about hiring me. Great. So right. I, I say, okay, before you decide, she goes, I think I want your signature class. I go, well, now I really have to ask you questions. I don't know if that's right for you because I right. kind of know you now. So I said, honestly, I think three months, just signed a three-month contract with me, one-on-one coaching. We can move your needle really, really fast versus doing a whole nine-week group setting kind of thing and then hiring me for the coaching. I think it'll save you time and save you money. You want to give it a shot. She was like, yeah, we just had our last call yesterday. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe what I've accomplished in three months. The nine-week program wouldn't have been right for her. So this is what I tell business owners. This is what I tell attorneys. This is what I tell bankers. Who's the person in front of you right here, right, right. now?
0: Do what's right for them.
1: And put yeah. the package together so you know what your wares are, your goods are, your pantry, what you're filled with, whatever, right? For you, all of the legal things you can do. What is right for that client right here, right now that they need? And then life changes. So what do you want to put in their bonnet, so to speak? Where so Mitch might say to me, hey, Con, you know, your kids now, the next thing we want to look at is as soon as they're on their own, what life insurance do they have? Do they need a will? So let's keep talking over the next year or two, right? Let's stay in contact. And then I could tell you, I could advise, right? You could say, Connie, yeah. I can advise you when the right time is for the boys to get some stuff. Maybe this is what they should do for now. So you're right. going to still guide me, keep that loop going. And a year from now, so you're what I call a planning partner. A year yeah. from now, who am I going to call? Well, Mitch. of course, to the quarterback,
0: the main person. Exactly right. Now. The best, The best planners I know are holistic they don't, they don't sell everything. They can't do everything, but they can direct you here, call Mitch about a, will do this, make sure it's done That's and all right. those types of things. Cause the last thing they want to do is show up for a widow and say, well, he was putting a hundred dollars a month into a mutual fund. What about the life insurance? Oh, we didn't, we didn't get to that yet. You know, and, and it's been, uh, those are difficult conversations to have with people.
1: You yeah. don't want to be
0: the one to have those. Conversations.
1: And I, I love that word holistic your job whatever whatever your job is whatever your thing is whatever business you're in doesn't matter right whatever right. your zone of genius is your expertise you have to zoom way out Look at the big picture of the person, their family, if their business, right? Do they need a buy-sell agreement? Whatever it is. But your job is really to zoom out, get the full picture of everything and everyone that will be affected by this person, this business, whatever it might be. And then you zoom in and make the recommendations. So for me, I I tell my clients, you got to zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in. It's constantly big picture. Now, how do we do that? Big picture. How do we do that? And when you go from that frame of reference, that zoom in, zoom out that's how you put your package together and it becomes sure. and then at the end the client isn't saying oh you sold me so many things they're like holy smokes no one has ever customized the package specifically for me this is brilliant so they're right. loving you because you did the right thing and they can see the tangible benefit to them
0: what do you think about um ideal client profiles you know avatars i find that a lot of business owners and we're, I know we're jumping around a little bit a lot of business owners are worried that if they target market, look, obviously I get referred to people all the time and I do a lot of things. I'm doing a lemon law claim for somebody right now. It's, it should be on my website, but it's not. I, I do those. I've done dozens <laughs> of those. But because another client of mine knows that I'm good at helping people, right? He says yes. to me and I'm helping him out. But when it comes to target marketing, I think a lot of people are worried, right? That if they target a market, if they you know, if they become an expert in this type of person, business industry, that it will reduce the business that they have. They have, they have to be everything to everyone. And I think it, it serves them the opposite. If you found that to be the case that a lot of people and they don't do that, they don't figure out what their ideal client is. It doesn't mean they can't do business with all kinds of people, but they got to kind of have it in their, their head that this is the person that I'm very good at, at helping.
1: Yeah. It, you know, <clears throat> and I'll say, Mitch, marketing and sales are two very different things, but right. being but a business owner, sure. right, but yeah. business owner, you're right. We have to have clarity right. in who we're serving. Otherwise, and see, it's the same thing with sales. It, you have to have clarity with the conversation, with your questions, you're listening, what you're presenting. If there's not a clear conversation with the client in front of you... It's going gonna, it's gonna to go nowhere. So if right. you think about that now, expand that. If your marketing is talking to everybody in the world, the people who really need you, it's so watered down. They don't really yeah, know they that won't you hear can you. serve them. That's right. right. So that's the danger. Uh, when I, I took a marketing class many, many years ago. When the digital world started shifting, I thought, ah, I better get educated in this marketing thing, right? Yeah. Before, I didn't even have a website. I was word of mouth. Everything was referrals for me. Well, Um, there wasn't –
0: yeah, the world was different then. It was
1: just different. Now, all of a sudden, you need a website, landing page, all these things. And I remember taking a marketing class, and um, it was very detailed. Marisa Murgatroyd, fabulous. Anyway. Her, her, her comment was, you got to go a mile deep, not a mile wide. When you right. go a mile deep, you're finding the right people. And here's the
0: thing, that pool of people could be billions of people. So yeah, going, your income actually goes up, your sales go up. That's right. I mean, look at the person who you targeted, who, you know, she, she thought she fit the mold, nine week course and whatever, but then that's for you. Once you get involved with them and you get them and you say, you know what? I know, I know you, I've gotten to know you. I don't think that's right for you. Let's save you some money do it the right way. And and, and, you know, you shifted that, but at least the funnel has to be bringing in people that you're good at serving because you can't serve everybody. Right. I can't do law. I get referred things all the time and I refer them out because I'm I'm not a family law expert. I'm not a criminal law expert. I, you know, uh, some people try and do everything. They I don't think that's a good way to operate your business, but. You know, you want to really be in t- in, tr- in front of the right people. And I think if you're in front of the right people, right, doesn't it make it makes the sales process? It makes the service process much easier yes. it, you're more comfortable with those people. You understand you can answer the questions. You know, you're not looking at the person like, oh, my God, I hope they buy. I mean, I don't even really know this person and what their profile is and what they do. And I think people get anxious about it and it produces their anxiety and doesn't reduce their income. That's the myth, right?
1: No, yeah, it is the myth. You're exactly right. So yeah, go mile deep, not a mile wide. You go a mile wide. You're watering it down. The other thing you mentioned before is on your website, you don't have the lemon law, whatever project you're right, working right. on now. So we can't put everything we do right. on our website. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. I mean, you know, I have 40 years in sales. So that means business development, coaching. Um, it, I do time management. I, there's so many things that I teach that or auxiliary right. to sales skills. But if I put that, people will be like, what does she do? It would right. confuse the whole template and then right. nobody will know what I do, and then there's no business coming in, and that's dangerous.
0: Yeah. And I think if people want to touch on a topic that they're doing, write a blog article, put it on yeah. your blog. So there's content sure. out there, sure. but it's not, you know, on a menu on your website with all these different things where the menu is now so deep that you have to scroll up the page to find things.
1: And I want to comment on that. So think about the last time you painted your house or you went to a restaurant and you right. go you go in and you want beige. They have 9,000 beige colors. Oh and I God. remember when we, we moved and we, we were painting the house and I said to my husband, oh, like it was, it, I was dreading it. He's like, well, you know, you want green in here. And I go, I know, but there's 9,000 greens. Why can't they come up with three greens and say, pick one of these? No,
0: everything's a little bit different than the other one. So incremental. People
1: cannot make decisions when you give them three or four or five options they're going to say, let me think about it. You want to go in and be so on point with what they need and what your solution is that they their response is, oh, that sounds perfect. Yeah, let's do it. Right. Because you're very specific and clear, not let me throw the spaghetti against the wall and see what they buy for me. Dangerous. Right. Again, just a dangerous approach.
0: It's like walking into a restaurant and they got a huge menu on the wall and you're looking and they're, okay, uh, Connie, can we take your order? And you're looking and you're sweating and you're like, well, now you have this remorse. Like you're going to order the wrong thing. There might be something better out there. I'm not sure. Maybe there's, maybe there's better at another restaurant. They got so many choices and you just, and you, you just sabotage yourself. I mean, people are like notorious for, for doing that. I went to analysis of paralysis, paralysis.
1: Yeah. It's analysis paralysis. Yeah. And it's funny because if somebody says, oh, if I'm going out with my, my friends, right? Ladies, we do a ladies night. And they're like, oh, what are these three restaurants? What do you guys think? Here's the menu. Somebody will do the research. Right. And I'll look through and I'm like, too many choices on that one. I prefer not right. to go to
0: that right. one. Exactly.
1: Because I think all day and make decisions all day. Now I need to look at 300 options on a menu. I don't want to do that. I'm too tired I at know. the end of the day.
0: Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to get into podcasting? Maybe to market your business, for your own enjoyment, or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts, as well as video shorts for business and personal use professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets and be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created specially for our listeners care for your health care for the planet and look flipping great doing it north authentic is a conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world Their pro-stylists curate only the most fabulous, non-toxic hair products with better-for-you shampoos, serums, masks, and more that actually give you gorgeous hair without hurting your health or the planet. Hey, you've only got one life, one planet, and one glorious mane. Might as well treat them all as best you can, right? Try a 100% clean hair care routine prescribed just for you using their link in the show notes. If you don't see a big, beautiful difference in how your hair looks and feels, you can tell them they're crazy. Do you battle chronic pain, stress, anxiety, or depression? Well, if you take any supplements or you're interested in natural alternatives, you need to know about FindYourHealthyPlace.com. Find Your Healthy Place has thousands of supplements to help you live a better quality of life, as well as natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. Need guidance? Use their live chat feature and talk to a wellness consultant right on their website. And be sure to use our coupon code TAE Podcast for all your purchases to get the best prices at FindYourHealthyPlace.com. Follow their links in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. You know, because we're because we know what we're doing, we're trained the way we are. I go to a restaurant, I hone in on something else and just ignore everything else. Exactly. I don't even want to look at it and say like, oh, I should have ordered that. I should wait. Can I get her? Can we change that? I don't. I don't even want to do that. I'll come exactly. back another time. And I just. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but but it's true because because of our training and because the way we deal with things, you know, it carries over in other parts of your life. I don't have that anxiety. I just say I'm going with it. You know, it's not going to ruin my experience because of what I chose to eat that day.
1: That's right. And here's an interesting thing that you just said: our experience. So I, I laugh because I have 40 years of sales experience. So I, I don't care how you slice and dice it. People who have been in sales 20 years. They're very good. They're not yeah. as good as me. And I'm not being braggadocious. No, experience I too- counts. <laughs> I see things. I see things. That no one else sees. So I'll give you a quick example. So yesterday I forgot to move money from my business accounts, to my personal accounts, long weekends. And I went, ah crap. So the bank's down here. I didn't have any of my checks or anything to because you can't do internal transfers in in banking from the business to the personal, at least not my no, not at my bank.
0: So anyway, I went, there was a local
1: branch. I walk in, it was horrible. So it was horrible. I hate going
0: to the branch. It's like a. it's
1: horrible. Well, and and it was a big bank. I won't say the name, but it was one of the bigger banks. And I said, we got in the car. My husband, we were there a half hour to do this quick transfer. They had eight people in the branch that were not working. They needed a check from you basically
0: to deposit from one account within the same bank.
1: Yep, and they had one. Yeah. They had one teller training and the, someone training. The rest they were doing. You could see they were doing paperwork. Manager never came out. And we got in the car, and I said to my my husband, None of my clients would behave that way. And I went through a list. Right, just walking in, observing. I was like, They should have done this. They should have done that. They should have done that. And and I went through. and My husband goes, Oh, that that's a good idea. And I said, My clients would never behave this way. But also right. the big banks are not my client. They they have a right. whole different framework, much more aggressive, not my jam. That's not how I roll.
0: Right, and, and you're probably not their ideal customer either. No. You know? I, I chose my bank based on technology, my ability to transfer monies yeah. between accounts for my kids, for my business, for the whole thing, because yeah. uh, like you said, I, right now, because I'm I'm a solo practitioner, I don't have the, the wire platform I used to have when we used to do wires from trust right. accounts for closings. Right. So every once in a while, I don't really do them nowadays because the title companies doing them, but when there's a business closing, Often I have to escrow money and I have to arrange a wire. So I have to go to the bank to arrange the wire because I can't do it online anymore. I used to be able to fax forms. You can't do that anymore. So you go there. I can't tell you. First of all, I'm dealing with a different person every time I go. Then I have to educate them. This is their bank. Yes. Right? Listen, this is how it goes. And we don't get charged a fee because it's an attorney. No, I don't think that's correct. I'm like, yeah, it's correct. And I don't have to spend an hour, which is... $475 Four hundred seventy-five dollars worth of my time, exactly. which I'm not getting paid for, exactly to teach right. you how to do this, right. and right. it's just, it's, and that's, but a lot of it has to do with you know their training and their lack of training,
1: lack of training. So yeah, it's horrifying. My husband laughed. He's like, you need because it was that night we were going heading to dinner, and he's like, you need to let it go. I go, I, 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 yeah, poor you people, the poor customer, go. like I, I, it, I it makes my head hurt because I know
0: because you can't fix everything.
1: You can't. Just, you can't and and but here's the thing I you want I hurt, to,
0: but you can't.
1: Yeah, but it hurts me, Mitch, because I I think this is so easy to fix this. The employees would excel if you just shifted ever so slightly and tweak these literally a few things that I saw, they would be comfortable, the clients would be comfortable, they'd get more business. So right. it and and then you wouldn't have bad reviews right online. Like don't go yeah. to that branch because they're Sokola. You, you right. know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's the problem, right? It's the branch people have to recognize what you went through. They have to tell their supervisors, supervisors to tell the next person. Yes. next person tells the training people and somehow, but that doesn't happen.
1: And, you know, I feel bad for the bankers or the sole practitioners or because they don't know any better unless they're taught. So I do feel, I do feel as an expert that it is my responsibility. So I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of free work, you know, where I I help people. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to help them. And ultimately I either get referrals or people will hire me um, down the road when their situation changes, if they do have money, et cetera, to be able to you know pay me. So, but you have to Get that information out there. I do feel because you know, again, to be in service, my job is to help people.
0: Yeah, but that's selling. You're you're always selling. Yes, Educating people is selling. It comes <laughs> back true. to. You. I mean, look. Do I get business directly from the podcast? Not always, but I meet you. You refer me to someone else. As a matter of fact, I told you you connected me with a with a banker. He and I have a friend of mine who's a, who's a commercial broker. A loan broker, and he always looks to work with good local smaller banks. And he, I said, "Can I introduce you to?" He says, "Absolutely." I hook my friend up; they're already meeting. And it. you know, it comes around the circle. That's right. Um, I have people that I'm very close with, part of my network. Who the person that I introduced me, they don't really even know each other. I think if they passed on the street, the two of them wouldn't know who I love who it. each other was. But you know, it's all about helping people, and I think a lot of people, you know, miss that. They don't. They don't get that.
1: Well, that's the law of reciprocity. The more you give, the more you really do get back because you're building a reputation of integrity, of knowledge. Of every time I go to her, she's always got good answers. She makes me feel good. Oh, she makes it understandable. Oh, I can apply. After I talk to Connie, I get action steps from her that I can actually put the information into play to make you know to move my needle, whatever that might be. So, so it's the law of reciprocity, right? I I pay it forward. The ripple effect. I sent it to you, you sent it to Matt, Matt sent it to somebody else. Now they're doing business. Eventually the ripple will come back to you. It's the way the world works.
0: Yeah. But you, you definitely got to listen to people and you got to be helpful. I've been in situations with financial planners where they were referred to me and right away they're in the mode about, well, you know, uh, how old are you now? Um, Uh, How's your health? And they're, they're asking me questions because I grew up in this, but I know what they're doing. They're sizing me up for insurance. Oh, let me just run you a quote. And, I'm Like, what well, we were look, such and such introduced us to network. That's Let, right. If you want to network, that's great. But you know, don't come in and start selling me. And this person had like rescheduled like three times they're on the phone. We were Ugh. supposed to be on whatever. They're they're on the run. They're trying to do this while they're, you know, whatever. And you know, it's like it doesn't respect my time. And I was like, listen, you know, do me a favor and don't darken my doorstep, you know, again. It's just not worth my time. And that's not the way I operate. If you know, I've worked with so many people that I can't always do business. First of all, my Families in the business, so obviously I'm not getting life insurance from someone else. But it was, you know, it just turned me off very, very, very much. So she so wasn't listening. I think it was just she. She wasn't listening to me at all.
1: Yeah, and so here's the tip: instead of saying, "Hey, look, how can we support each other? Tell me about you, your business, what you do." Um, you know, what, what you may need help with for my zone of right. genius, or can we partner and help your clients and you help my clients? That's how she should have approached it yeah, through that. You would have said, cause when we met, you told me about your dad being in insurance. Cause of my background soon as, soon as you hear that, she would have said, Oh my goodness, that's wonderful. Um, I love that you have someone that can really take care of you you know, maybe what does your dad specialize in? Maybe we can partner yeah, on my own specialty. We didn't right? need to start that. Finds where, but yeah, because she didn't give you the opportunity because right. she was trying to, again, I'm going to say instead of sales, she was trying to manipulate the situation. Oh, right. yeah, let's network. Really, I'm going to try to sell, sell you. product. It, right, horrible. Please stop doing that, everybody listening. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's horrifying.
0: No, because everyone's not a target. Exactly. She didn't know whether I needed something, didn't want something, could be helped. I she didn't even know how I could help her. The conversation ended. Here's Could I thing. could I help her meet other people? Absolutely. I have a big network. I know a lot of people, but that was the exactly. end of that. Exactly. Now
1: you're your person who who connected you, right? thought, oh, I bet they could support each other, not necessarily buy from each other. No, And she didn't even enter the space with that frame of reference. Like, hey, let's just explore, right? Let's explore, see how maybe you and I met, right? We're banks. Right. And you, so here I'm like, Oh my God, I know who I have to introduce you to. It, it just, it's natural for you and I, because it's always sir first. And you know what? I'll get mine on the back end. It's all good. You know, Mitchell right. refer someone to me maybe a year from now, who knows? That's never the end. Please. That, w- that wasn't said Mitch to, to say, send me business. That's no. not what I meant. I'm it saying philosophically, it, it'll happen organically. But that
0: person that I had the experience with, I would never refer her to oh, somebody. You you see her in a Does network. it come, come back again? on me. You know. Exactly.
1: Could you imagine? Can you yeah. imagine it's your you reputation? Gotta,
0: I'm trusting that you go Absolutely. and talk to this person, take care of them, or nice to them or polite. You know, I yeah, I've had a couple of those situations. I think people have to remember that they're uh, you know they always have to do the right thing and always be understanding and always be helpful, especially when you're referred by someone else because you're they're transferring trust to you. You have yeah. to. You have to. care for that trust.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting because absolutely. So for the past 20 years, Mitch, I've lived off of referrals with my bankers because they leave, they get promoted. They go to another bank, they'll call, they'll be there a week and they'll go, okay, con I'm running this division. They have no culture. I need you to come and help. Sure, we could do that. They know me. They trust me. And I, I'll just share really quick. One one client, um, he got he left the company that I had been working with that I knew him for years and years and years, went to another got company, it. runs the retail division, EVP. He was there one week and he calls me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what I could do. I go, how many people? You know my pricing. Listen, I'll just, George, I'll, I'll send you the, the numbers. Let me know and I'll send you the proposal. Like that was the conversation. Right. So fast forward, his the CEO says, don't you want to vet others? And he said, no, I've worked with her for over 10 years. And I've worked with other sales vendors as well. They're all good. They're all nice people. Connie actually cares about the employees. She gets vested in our success. That's who I want. And he's like, right. okay, your reputation. And George yeah. said, I have confidence. Five years. We've been working together now at his new yeah. location. He doesn't five need years. to vet
0: other people. He already did nope. that. Yep absolutely now look you learn after a while you wonder why people come to you when there's other options and you learn that you know doing the right thing and being the right kind of person and i think you said before about experience i don't think people realize the difference between doing something for five or ten years and doing it for 30 or 40 years you know i've been practicing law for 30 years (laughs) and people are like you know well why do you you know what why is it whatever to do the contract well first of all you have no i mean i've done You don't you drafting a contract for your business and people do it and they end up in trouble usually cannot, cannot replace, right. Me drafting a contract for hundreds and hundreds of businesses, right. And coming into situations where they drafted their own agreement and it was a mess, you know, and cleaning that up and having clauses in an agreement that you know uh non-disparagement clauses where you know yeah you sign an agreement you can't go out on the internet and post all kinds of bad things about this person after you signed an agreement to settle your differences i actually had a client call me one time this is my client name, but call me one time and he leaves this message like he got the contract it was a settlement there was a large corporation involved whatever he calls me back and he leaves me this message Mitch, i got your contract i'm making up a voice right but uh <laughs> and i because we're from new jersey and <laughs> I got the contract and I was reading it. You mean that after I sign this, I can't write anything bad about these people? And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the point. And he's like, well, I was all upset about it. And I'm like, well, nobody's going to sign an agreement and pay you money, which is what was happening, you know, and know that you're going to go out there and then harm them by posting things. Well, I, I better take that down then, he says. I'm like, oh, boy. You know, and, and you know, this, this is pretty funny.
1: Yeah, but again, it's see, it's that when you said the thirty years, I giggled because you're yes, boilerplate. You, you I'm sure you start from a boilerplate because I don't start with three.
0: a white piece of paper because I got thirty <laughs> years of experience. That's ridiculous. That would be irresponsible of me to try and write a blank agreement. I have clauses. Look, I have clauses that I've saved in different places. I have Yo. contracts, that, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I did that deal for Connie. A year and a half ago, it's similar to this one. All right, let me pull that contract and see if there's anything in there that I want, and then I cut and paste. Then I get contracts from other the other attorney on the other side. Yes. and I got to compare it to mine. That's the skill, exactly, of drafting an agreement. You can't do it yourself. And I've had guys who are attorneys; not, they don't practice. They're they're in business, so they're like, "Well, we can write our own agreements." Uh, okay, and then you know they're like, it's "Well, I know mess. we didn't put that in the contract. But we have text and email." No, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's. <laughs> So and then I got to bring in the litigator because I'm not the litigator. I don't litigate. So and then it gets to be messy and you're trying to explain this to a judge and it's expensive and it's complicated and their life turns upside down. And they could have just gone to a lawyer at the beginning to do it the right way. And they wouldn't have these issues.
1: Pennywise, dollar foolish people. I, I can't afford it. And so for you, they can't afford not to have the documents in place, not not afford to have life insurance because none of us know when our time is going to come or when we're going to become disabled. And you have to sell a house to pay medical bills with durable power of attorneys and all those other things, right? So we're penny wise, dollar foolish because I can't afford it. And the reality is sometimes we can't afford not to. And I say that to my business owners, they go, oh, I can't afford that right now. And I laugh and I think, but if you spend, let's say, my my nine week programs, right? It's 1997, yeah. two grand. So you spend that two grand. I'm telling you, within the next three months, you'll make 10, 20, 30, 40 grand.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so look, I look ha- at it this way: if they need what you have, then the question is just figuring out how do you pay for it, not That's great. that it's too expensive. You know, That's not right. that you don't need a business agreement for, let's say, twenty five hundred dollars. When, by the way, if you end up in litigation, the litigator is going to want at least a five thousand dollar retainer, maybe ten. So, you know, figure it out. Can you pay it in two payments? Can you take, put it on a credit card? Can you whatever, but you're right. And, and by the way, everybody's like, oh, I'm young. I don't need life insurance or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you know what? It's irrelevant what the statistics are. If you're the guy who dies, that's right. Right. If you're the person who dropped, and I had this happen, drops dead, washing his car at 36 years old in his driveway. And has a wife and two kids and some old life insurance and, you know, very little bit of money then what do you do? You can't yeah. go, you know? So y- y- it's important that you pay attention to those things. It's your job to help them figure, out, not your job, but the financial planner's job to help them figure out how they afford it. Maybe it's it, term it, insurance for a while. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's a combination of things. I don't know, whatever. It could evolve.
1: Yeah. Just because you bought something today doesn't mean you're going to have it 20 years from now because life changes, well, needs probably, to change, right. products change.
0: Exactly. Right. Yeah.
1: It's funny. I remember when I was selling insurance um people would say well i'm young and and i would be like yes yeah, statistically what if though right what if you're the anomaly and 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 then i'll tell you after 911 conversation, of course, of course, changes. I mean, I was in business at that point, but I was still working with financial companies. And I was saying, not that you want to push anyone, you want to help them fit the budget so that they can afford the insurance and then keep the insurance long-term, not just do a quick band-aid of you sell it six months later, it lapses because they really didn't have the money to pay for it, right? So help them with the budget first, then sell the insurance, perhaps. But the the point is, after 9-11, you can't wait. You can't rely on the statistics and those mortality tables because no, everything this is shifted. irrelevant.
0: If you're the guy who died, if you the were in the tower age. when it fell.
1: Yeah. I think the average age was like 38. So, yeah. you know, there you go with stats. So, yeah, but you careful. know, I
0: literally had a financial advisor that I work with who had a client who he went to on September 10th and his insurance was lapsing. And he said, listen, give me a check. I'll, let me hold it for a couple of days because he had a few days of grace and. And we'll put the insurance and you just think about it. And the guy gave him a check and he died 9-11. He was in the towers and he was able to get the spouse I don't know, a couple of million dollars.
1: Holy because he had the
0: check. The check was dated February 10th. And he said, I have it. It hasn't been submitted yet.
1: He did his job.
0: He did, he did his, his job.
1: job. So that's exactly. the thing. It's not pushy not
0: knowing what day. was going to happen the next day.
1: Who knew? Who knew? Right. It was a beautiful day. So yeah. yeah, I just, yeah, we have to do our job. It's, and, and here's the other thing that I'll say, I know we're almost out of time, Mitch, but the reality is it it's not about the money. Yes. No. We all work because we have bills and kids in college and rent and car payment, whatever. Right. right. We work because we need the income. That's the reality, but you, by doing the right thing, and yeah. serving the client first, and it's not about the money, it's about the human in front of you, you will always make the money. You will always make a always. living. And you will always serve. And you'll serve bigger and better because more people will refer to you. You're, you'll, you'll make even more money so that you can turn around and give back philanthropically, uh, f- um, foundations, sure. charitably, whatever, it, whatever your jam is, right? right? Go to the soup kitchen more, whatever. Um, but the bigger we serve, the bigger we can do in the world. And I think right. that's the point. For that, your, your story with the gentleman with 9-11, he was doing the right thing. And if the guy right. turned around and said, hey, no, thanks. Okay, no Whatever. harm, no foul. It is what it is. But I right. did the right thing for him. And now that story, right? You're sharing that story. He's the guy I want to work with, right? Yeah. Because it, it wasn't about the money. It was about the protection for this gentleman. God forbid. Yeah.
0: And God forbid. Yeah, Well, him. you know, if you, if you can get your mind off of the sale, Right. The money that you're making. because right. People see through that anyway. Absolutely. It will reduce your anxiety, reduce your stress. If you if you say, you know what, it doesn't matter whether we make the sale it matters what we do. That's right for the person. That's right. You can't always convince people, but you give them the information, like you said, and then it gets you away from all the problems that people have with sales and the that's uncomfortable. Right. And I think nowadays people see through that very quickly.
1: Yeah. I just want and to then you make
0: them do the wrong thing
1: because you're it, so right. Because then they go buy somebody else. Right. Because right. they they were more authentic or whatever. Um, so you're losing the sale anyway, because you're a jerk. So stop being a jerk, right? right? That's that's the exactly. bottom line. So here's one of the things I do teach that talks to this exact concept. 10% of our conversations with all humans, right? Not just in business, yeah. but you with your family is very conscious. We're using language, right? I speak English. We're making eye contact on Zoom. I could see you nodding your head. You're engaged with me. That's 10%. Right. 90% is subconscious. So sure. when you come in, I got to make the sale. I got to make the sale. I got to make the sale. Oh my God, my mortgage is due. Oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Client feels that because that 90% is subconscious. Holy crap. They're feeling your energy of desperation. Energy, yep. And they might not know why they're not buying from you because everything you said was bad. so, they, right. they're they like, oh, something's off with this, this dude yeah, or this definitely chick. Definitely
0: vibrational energy, I think. Yes, huge thing. yes. Because when you're, especially when you're that close to somebody, we're all we're all full of electricity, If you're really negative or really nervous, whatever, they don't know why, but they're uncomfortable and there's no question. That's why like being a positive person and putting positive things out in the world definitely, you know, attracts positive things. If you're negative, if you're like worried, it is that you attract worry. I mean, it's just the quite. That's just what happens. So I I agree if you, especially if you're right across from somebody, I mean, you're just like, you're just beaming an atom, you know, and they're just like, uh, they don't even know why. They can't do this. Probably That's a little right. voice says, you know, we really need to do this. Yeah, but I'm just not comfortable. Something wrong here. And they don't know why. And then they don't do the right thing and they don't get the insurance or they don't do their wills or whatever. And they go on with, with their, you know, to the, to the next stage. But yeah. Connie, I can't thank you enough. I know we have probably about 10 minutes left. Oh. Are there some like.
1: Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Can I give it t- so this was the other. Yeah. Tip I want to, any get...
0: tips for people out there, business owners who are uncomfortable, what they should do to yeah. get started. So just-
1: So here's a couple of tips, right? So the 10% conscious, 90% unconscious or subconscious. So be mindful going and truly go in with an open heart. So again, I know people are like, open heart, love, who is this chick? She's a (laughs) wackadoo with sales. I'm telling you it works and I've been doing it for 40 years. This is how I've lived my life. And I shared how how I started in sales. I didn't even know I was freaking selling. Okay. So there you go. So again, it's, it's that whole vibrational energy. The other thing to pay attention to, and these are just cues for yourself, right? So check yourself before you go into a meeting or conversation, really go in with that open heart and not with an expectation of I need to make the sale. That's number right. one. Number two, think about when you're talking to your clients. Um, I learned again, 40 years ago, my, my regional manager, when I was doing financial sales or 35 years ago, he said, you have two ears and one mouth. And I have lived that my whole sales career. Yeah, people I, just
0: wet the bed when it comes to talking to a prospect and just like vomits on them and
1: they vomit product. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And, and you're like, you don't eyes even know are rolling
0: up into his head, the prospect, he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah.
1: And they're That's ready a to come common young
0: salesperson's yeah. Exactly. Exactly. They don't even realize it. Like you said,
1: exactly. But for me, what I've learned in 40 years, it's not even a 50, 50 split. You should be listening 70% of the time. Right. The client should be talking 70% of the time. So here's my tip. If you're in a conversation and all of a sudden you think, uh-oh, I only hear my voice, stop talking, ask a question. Because Mitch, right. when you ask a question now, who's People talking to the that. client?
0: Exactly. Easy exactly. Tip. Oh, and I learn so much more when I get the client to talk to me as opposed to me asking them. Well, well, tell me about this. Tell me about that. And, and if you get them talking, that's why the podcast is easy. I told you, I didn't send you questions nope. where I'm gonna We're going to get you going. And yeah, exactly. Because I don't want the pressure to to do that. But yeah, that was when I was in the insurance business and I did a lot of joint work working with younger agents, very common. You're so nervous. Maybe you're at their house and it's night and you're exhausted and you're sitting at a coffee table when you probably should be at their kitchen table and you're just all the stuff you've taught, you've been taught, all the product knowledge, you got to share this with them so they know that you know what you're talking about and they can't remember a thing you said 20 minutes ago because you've spoken so much. And here's,
1: yes, and here's another tip. So when, and and when you find you're talking too much, we're human. So distract yeah. yourself by listening, which isn't as easy as, as it all sounds, right? No, I have several a, exercises. It's definitely a practice skill. It, it practice. is a practice skill. Yep. Listen, but take notes because when you're taking notes, you're really honing in on what the client's saying. And by writing them out, it really gets into your brain. And that to me is active listening. When you're able to ask a follow-up question based on what the client says, not one and what you have prepared, you should right. go in with some prepared questions in, in a client conversation because you, you know what to ask, especially you right. know what you're selling. So yeah. have your questions prepared.
0: Takes the pressure off, yeah.
1: Right. But the follow-up questions... That's in the moment. That's in the present. And if you're not listening, you're not going to ask the follow-up questions. And then when you go to present, you're not going to be presenting either the right thing or the full package of what you really should be offering so that the client leans in and says, oh, this is exact. Oh, my God. This is even more than I thought I needed. Thank you so much for listening to me. Right. That's how you make a sale. It's it's just a a nice exchange of uh, conversation.
0: And I guess taking notes automatically breaks up your speaking. You can't keep presenting and write at the same time. So it automatically cuts things.
1: And you know what people say to me, Mitch, which I I say, what? I like, I I just, (laughs) can I just stop you there? Right. Yeah. They go, oh, but if I take notes, I'm looking away from the client. I said, even, even when you're on Zoom, I will say, especially if I'm networking or I'm meeting a potential client, I yeah. say, listen, I know a lot of people take notes right on the computer. I'm old school. I always, and you could say, I always have a, always have a binder so I could take notes. I said, yeah. so please, if I look away, I'm taking notes because what you're saying is important to me and I don't want to forget it. And they go, oh yes, I have the same thing. Look, or they go, yes, I'm taking notes on the computer. If I look away, don't. You just set it up. So it's the same thing if you're in front of the person live, because now we're kind of uh, coming out a little more live, doing more meetings live. Yeah. You can say, I, I don't even I don't even ask. I just start taking notes. and But I make the eye contact and I say, oh, that's right. a really good point. And I jot down a quick phrase that I know I want to go back and I have codes on my own, my own notes. I put stars, meaning go back and ask a follow-up question. I don't ever interrupt the, the client. I let them blah, 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 say everything right. they're going to say. Anything I want to circle back and dig into what they said, I I personally just put a star next to it. And then I think, go back and ask Mitch about. So I'll go back and I'll say, hey, Mitch, you said blah, 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 whatever was said. I go, I have another question because I think this is important. And I think it could impact my recommendations at the end. And then you go in and you ask that follow-up question. They're like, oh, I never thought of that. You know what? Let's talk about that. What if I did this? What if Now you're... That's writing where consent. you're digging digging you're digging. You're going to find the right so- you can't help but find the right solution because you have so right. much clear information from the client.
0: Yeah, you know, I had an advisor or he's still a friend of mine, uh, a very good financial advisor, very good at asking questions, very good at and I said to him once, I said, "How did you get to be, you know, good at taking notes and listening to the client?" He said, "You know, clients when I started used to say, "Hey, what 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 are you writing?" Like people get nervous. <laughs> You start to write. So what he would start to do was he would look away he'd start to write something. And then he put his pen down he'd stop. He'd say, you know, by the way, you don't mind if I take some notes while we're talking about what you're telling me. So I'll think of things as we go through. And they're like, Oh no, that's fine. So now the sense. client makes sense. And he's able to write down names of people you mentioned in your life that are important for referrals, for introductions. And he became very good at fact finding and making it comfortable and not weird because it was like, I guess the way, you know, people were just like, well, what are you writing down? Why are you writing that down? You know, people literally like say that he created a way maybe because he got some training from someone like you to make it comfortable for himself and make it comfortable for the prospect of the client.
1: So, as soon yeah. as you tell people why the why, why I'm doing it, why I'm asking these questions, I call it you put the client on the offensive posture of, oh, yeah. okay, what do you need to that know versus – defense. So example, so people say, well, what, 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 how do you phrase that? So I remember I had a client in Connecticut, um, drove up three and a half hours. I walk in, I don't have a slideshow. And he says, the CEO says to me, oh, you don't have a PowerPoint? And because I'm very professional, my response was, huh? <laughs> 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 I said, wait, what? Like <laughs> pivot, right? And, and he said, well, we had four other vendors and they all brought a slideshow. And I'm like, you know, dude, I didn't say dude, but I'm thinking dude. And I said to him, hey, Mark, listen, here's the reality. I know this and I thought, he doesn't think I'm prepared. So I went through and I said, I know this, this, and this. I don't know this, 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 and this. I have a packet. I have an agenda. I have questions I need to ask. Once I really understand all these pieces of the puzzle, then I can give you a recommendation. I said, "Why would I come in and tell you what Connie Whitman, you know, at the time the business was Whitman and Associates? Why would I tell you what Whitman and Associates? Who cares at that point? You might need the ninth thing that I'm talking about. Why don't we just talk about the ninth thing?" And Mitch, he tilted his head and he went, "Oh." And when we sat down, I thought, "I think I just got the business. They had no idea of my pricing. They had no idea of my competency because I hadn't made a recommendation. And it was really, I did get the business." they had no, he goes. I don't even care what you cost. I need you. I need you to teach my people. And as he was leaving, he turned around. He goes, "Con." I go, "Yeah, Mark." What? And he said, "You see what you did with us today with those questions and setting it up and then asking the follow up questions." I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Can you teach my people to do that?" And yeah, I course. laughed and I said, hey, "How I roll." I yeah, said, "This is what works." And he said, "Yeah." You're not going to save all the good stuff go for
0: yourself, right?
1: He didn't even have to go back to the other four vendors. It was a done deal. He said, "Send me the contract. Start to schedule the dates. Just let's go forward." But, so, but see, that's the building right thing. trust, yes, right. because I paused him and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You don't really care what I can do. You want to know what I can do for you?" Right. Well,
0: that's the whole thing. What's in it for me? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And people miss that, and then they come with a yeah. big PowerPoint, a big event, which is fine, and then they vomit all over the client. And the client's like, oh. "I don't remember what they just said."
1: Oh, horrifying! You know, it's and horrifying. that's horrifying.
0: So, how what's how do people get in touch with you, interact with you, learn from you?
1: So best, I do have a way. Yeah, so I do have the free gift, right? That okay. you have that link you'll put in the show notes. Uh, changing right. sales game slash communication style assessment. There's hyphens in there, but Mitchell put it in the. We'll show put it notes. in the show notes. Yep. So here's the thing. Take it because here's here's another. Um, secret weapon, right, that you could put in your superpower toolkit, if you will. Um, The communication style assessment, it shares, there's really humans behave within five styles. There's a million out there, Myers-Briggs, there's 16 combinations. I I came up with five easy ones to remember. They have cool names, and but here's the importance of that. So think about it, Mitch, 20% of the time, we're talking to people just like us, that one out of the five. 80% of the time, we're talking to people not like us. So, if you go in and you take the little assessment, you'll get two reports. One will show you your natural superpowers, how people perceive you, what is your communication strength that you bring to the table naturally, there's zero effort. I also give you the lowest report, so your lowest style, which is the style that's not like you. So example would be, I'm what's called the stimulating motivator. I have high energy, I fire fast, and I I can talk fast. But if I have someone who's a precise assessor, think engineer, architect, Right, they're very precise. They need detail. They need analytics. And I come in flying, you know, thirty thousand feet up in the air. They're not going to hear my message. I'm not going to provide the solution for them to say, "Oh, I get what she's saying." So I right. slow myself down. I come in with more analytics for them. I give them many more examples. I don't need to be sold that way, but they do. So by understanding, you're putting, shining the light on that blind spot for you. It's such that to me is the more magical tool here because you understand how to deliver the message so that person receives it. And then you're going to make more sales naturally. And that, okay. if they take the communication style assessment, it's my free gift. They'll get on my newsletter, my emails. Mm-hmm. I'm, I do a lot of giveaways, free stuff. I love helping people with whatever it is they're looking to achieve. So they'll be on my email list. They can opt out. There's never any hard feelings. Of course. Um, but yeah, that's how they could get to know me. And of course, there's contacts and emails that they can email me if they want to jump on a call and chat and what's about it. The website's
0: conniewhitman.com.
1: It's uh, connie at changingthesalesgame.com.
0: Got it. Okay. And you're on LinkedIn too?
1: I am. Yep. LinkedIn. Okay. Connie Whitman. Look under okay. LinkedIn. We'll, Connie Whitman. Put all,
0: we'll put all the links in the show notes. I Love it. can't thank you enough spending an hour with me and sharing um, all your knowledge. And I hope uh, we helped a few people today.
1: I do too. That's, hey, right at the end of the day, it's what
0: it's all about, right? If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music, and many of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted and produced by me, Mitch Beinhecker. If you'd like more information about my legal services, you can find me on social media or visit my website at BineHackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.